following message is presented by Fellowship Bible Church from its weekly pulpit ministry. We offer an expositional study through entire books of the Bible, one verse, paragraph, or chapter at a time. We pray that you'll be blessed by listening in. Thanks for visiting. All right, good morning. Wow, everybody quiet down so quickly there. We're ready for the Lord's table service. Some of you maybe got my note last night that I remembered to finally send out to remind us to come and prepare for the Lord's table this morning. Uh, so you don't see the elements in the front here. We have a table set up in the back, and we'll get back. We will return to the uh, older way of doing it at some point, but uh, we'll let the deacons guide us about how they want us to get those elements this morning. Uh, I've been asked to pray for Becky's daughter, who has surgery on Wednesday, and uh, we're awaiting word to see when Susan may have her surgery rescheduled uh, that was postponed, um, what, a week and a half, two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. I lost track now how many days, a week and a half, somebody says. Well, anyway, uh, they know, and they're probably watching. Welcome to uh, your family and to anyone else that's online. We have our Lord's Table service this morning, so that means that I'll be, uh, we'll be sharing a few hymns. I'll share the word, and then for the last 10 minutes or so of this service, uh, we'll have the live stream uh, just go over to the music, and we'll share the table here privately. We can't uh, really share the table with you folks that are at home. You need to be here in order to participate in the Lord's Table together as the church gathers that way. So that is our plan in brief. Join me in prayer, please, this, this morning. Lord, we bow before you this morning, and we are grateful to you for the opportunity to come. Thank you for your people who are here waiting to partake of the ordinance that you've commanded the church. Lord, it's our prayer this morning, too, an intercession for those who are uh, having some medical difficulties for Janelle and for Susan, that you will watch over them and provide for them uh, swift um, medical procedures and recovery <clears throat> from the the things that they have to undergo. And thank you, Lord, for the availability of those uh, things, the finances to be able to pay for them, the insurance and all, whatever is entailed there, so that this care can be delivered to those who are in need of it at the time. And our God, now as we come before the table of the Lord, I pray that our worship will be acceptable in your sight. We offer it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that name above all names, that name at which we bow and worship through him to you because he has done great and marvelous things for us. Help us as we think about how we should praise you this morning from the Psalms. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn our Bibles, if you would please, to the 103rd Psalm. Psalm 103. A few months ago, I concluded our Lord's Table message in Micah 7 by reading a connected passage in Psalm 103. I don't know if you might remember that. Micah 7 was a really encouraging psalm, or actually teaching of the prophet, and talked about God's forgiveness and how wonderful and marvelous his forgiveness is. And I thought it would be good for us to read the psalm in a little more detail, not just the few verses we looked at last time. So I invite you to follow along as I read this psalm. 
Remember, the Psalms are the hymn book of ancient Israel, the expression of their praise to God, many of them written by David, one by Moses, some by Asaph and Ethan the Ezraite and others who were responsible for leading God's people in praise and worship. Psalm 103 says this, a Psalm of David, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Listen to that word according, according in the measure of, commensurate with, not in measure of or commensurate with our iniquities. He has not punished us in that extent, to that extent. Verse 11, For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. Notice that comparison. We looked at yesterday with the men at men's prayer, a number of ways that Thoughts or clauses are connected together in the Bible, and one of those ways is by means of comparison. And you look at that comparison. As far as, so, that same distance, he has removed our transgressions from us. Verse 13, as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. Why? Because he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him. And His righteousness to children's children, to such as keep His covenant, and to those who remember His commandments to do them. The Lord has established His throne in heaven, and His kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you hosts of his, you ministers of his, who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. The entire psalm is a great exhortation to join the psalmist in praise and worship of God. It's a hymn of praise to our marvelous God. We can see this because it opens with the exhortation twice to bless the Lord, to bless the Lord. Look at verse 1, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that was it is within me. And verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, bless his holy name, verse 1 also says. And this psalm ends with a blessing as well. Look at verse 22. Bless the Lord all his works. Bless the Lord, O my soul. To bless. 
And in the middle of it, in verse 20 and 21, actually toward the end, you have other commands to bless the Lord, angels and hosts as well. So we have here a great call to worship our great God. To bless, think of bless, what does it mean to bless? It means to praise, it means to worship, it means to give thanks, could mean to wish well, to bless somebody or give them a blessing on their way. It's an offering here of worship to God. I mean, we, this, the bless has several different senses and we don't really wish God well. Or you might be thinking in the Old Testament how the, the lesser is blessed by the better. Well, when we bless God, we're not the betters. We're the lowers. We're, we're the little people. And so blessing God has got a different nuance in that case, a nuance of thanksgiving, of recognition, of his worth, of praise and honor. I want to talk this morning about God's praiseworthy forgiveness, God's praiseworthy forgiveness. And when I do this, I'm going to give you, I think, 20 reasons why you should praise God. Now, there'll be a quiz afterwards. Just kidding. You say, how can you do that, Pastor, to us? Um, I don't want you to try to puzzle over remembering all of these because you know where to find them, Psalm 103. But as I walk through them one by one by one, I want you to be actively thinking. Don't just let the words go you know, over your head or in one side and out the other, but be thinking at each one of these 20 reasons to praise God, how those reasons apply to you so that you will be of a right mindset and a thankful mindset to partake at the Lord's table elements here in just a few moments. Think with me. First of all, who is instructed to bless the name of God? Well, first of all, my soul is instructed to bless God, isn't it? Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let all that is within me bless his holy name. We see this throughout the psalm. Uh, it talks about God who forgives all your iniquities, which really means our iniquities. Heals all your diseases, meaning our diseases. Redeems your life, meaning our life. He crowns us and all of these things. The psalmist is calling us to bless God. And then he also says the same to everyone who fears God. Jew or Gentile, it doesn't matter. Everyone who fears God is called to bless God, to praise Him for His wonderful mercy. And then he ends the psalm by saying, that's not enough. We need to call two other groups to praise God. Number one, the angels. And number two, however this differs from angels, I can't explain fully, but all the hosts. All of creation is called to bless God, every little bit of it. And, of course, as the highest, could I say, earthly creation of God and recreation of God and redemption, we ought to be at the forefront of worshiping God of those on the earth. All are called to praise God. The Lord. Now, why do we praise God? Why do we praise Him? Well, we praise Him for His benefits, verse 2. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Everybody's concerned about benefits, aren't they? You know, what are the benefits of this job? What are the bennies? You know, what, what, what's the health care? What's the retirement? How many vacation days? Uh, what other benefits are there? Yeah, I don't know, but whatever, you get the idea. Benefits. Think of his benefits. Right? Sometimes we joke, you know, uh, being a Christian doesn't always mean uh, good on this side of heaven, but the retirement benefits are great, you know. Uh, but God's benefits today to you, think of his benefits. It's a benefit to be here, to be alive, to be well, to be able to get up and move about, to have your needs to be met, and probably a thousand other things you could think of. His rewards, his kindnesses to us. Then look at another reason why we are to bless God, because not only the benefits, but he forgives our iniquities. That is huge. That is, that is beyond words. He forgives us. Thirdly, he heals us, heals our diseases. And I, I think you can just take that plainly. I mean, certainly heals the disease of sickness in us, changing us from the inside out. But also, I mean, if you're here today, he's healed you from pretty much every sickness that you've had, right? Imagine some of those miserable times that you've had ill. No, you don't want to imagine those, right? But you're not in that case this morning. He's delivered you from that. Yes. Number four, he's redeemed you from destruction. For the Israelite, that often included the thought of physical destruction. He redeemed you from physical destruction. Think of some of the perilous times that David went through and how he was delivered physically, but also spiritually. God redeems us from eternal destruction, doesn't he? He buys us out of the destination of eternal destruction. Number, uh, well, also in verse uh, 4, actually. I guess my numbers go by verses here, so it uh, makes it easy to find them. Also in verse number 4, it says, He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. Think with me now, how has God crowned you with loving kindness and tender mercy? Do you say, well, I don't see it. Well, you're not looking. You're not seeing. You're blind to what God has done, crowning us with loving kindness and tender mercy. I look out and I see all the kindness that God has shown upon you that I know of, that, I mean, I only know a fraction of it probably, <laughs> although maybe I know it better than somebody else because I'm the, the spot of the pastor, so I you know, see or hear some of those prayer requests and answers and things like that. What are you thinking, brother? Yeah, mercy, tender mercies. So not only the things that he gives and does for us, but also what he withholds. From us, We often well say that we don't deserve anything, do we, except eternal condemnation. That kind of humility, when, when you're down here thanking God for those kind of mercies, then anything on top of that is a benefit like we just looked at, right? 
loving kindness and tender mercy. What an amazing, amazing thing. Uh, Verse number five, another reason to bless God, he satisfies your mouth with good things. You thank God for your breakfast this morning if you ate it. I know many of us probably did. The food that he gives in season, all year round, three meals a day, wow. And all you have to do is go to the grocery store, most of you, some of you do some growing in your garden, but I mean, really, probably the majority of us, most of our food comes from a store. It's right there. You just go, trade some money for your food, which is your labor, of course, but you've specialized in something other than agriculture and you're able to make more finances that way. And he satisfies our mouth with good food. Also, verse 5, he renews our strength like the eagles. How many days have you been down and felt unable to go on? But later in the day or the next day or the next week, your strength is renewed and you're like, well, I'm glad I'm past that weak point, but I'm glad I'm moving along now. Again, God has provided that strength. Verse 6, he executes justice and righteousness for all who are oppressed. And of course, that's you know, going to be somewhat bounded by our sin-cursed world. And we may not get justice even in this life, but don't you worry your, your little mind. God will see to it that justice is executed in the end. It's only a temporary injustice if it is happening to us. Uh, verse number seven, how has God blessed us? He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. You know, uh, this is not directly applicable to us because God's revelation here is to Moses and Israel. But who of us would deny that God has also revealed himself to us in a more broad way throughout the rest of the scriptures? Think about this. God didn't have to tell you anything, but he did. And that itself is a blessing. I mean, to think that we have this whole body of literature here that he gave to us, what? He didn't have to do that. He did not have to do that at all. So he reveals himself to us. Verse number eight, we see that we should bless God because he's merciful to our brother's point. He's gracious. He's slow to anger. He abounds in mercy I said 20 reasons, there's probably more like 30 or 40 here or something like that, but I'm just, uh, you know, kind of giving the summation of them. But, and some of these overlap. I mean, how can you take the praise of God and slice it into, you know, uh, non-overlapping ideas? We're not about that. We're looking at the whole picture and you're thinking in your mind of why do I have reason to praise God? He's not angry with his people forever, verse 9 says, especially relevant to Israel. He will restore them. He will restore Israel. All Israel will be saved eventually. Of course, many of them will be judged and removed from the picture, but at the end, in some, at some point, all Israel will be saved and be a nation of priests that praise God. He has not dealt with us, verse 10, according to our sins. We highlighted that as we read it. Think about that, my friends. Your sins, 
deserve the wages of sin, and He has not dealt with us according to that, because in Christ He takes away that ultimate wage. Of course, there's still physical maladies and afflictions and physical death unless the rapture comes, but He's taken that away. Nor He's punished us as He punished us according to our iniquities. Look at verse 11, His immeasurable mercy. As the heavens are high above the earth, how high is that? I saw a picture yesterday of the, just speaking of the vastness of God's creation and thinking what's, heaven must be kind of beyond all that. The Andromeda galaxy, a zoomed-in picture of that, a hundred million stars. That's not even our, our home galaxy of the Milky Way galaxy. That's another one. Out of billions of galaxies, 14 to, or more billion light years across, as the heavens are high above the earth, that's God's mercy toward those who fear Him. We don't have to live in some kind of fear or guilt complex all the time. God knows us, and He knows what we need. Again, as far as the east is from the west, in other words, His mercy is immeasurably high. The removal of our sins is incalculably distant from us. Verse 13, He pities His children. He pities those who fear Him. He's tender toward us. Another reason to thank God, to bless God. And then 15 and 16 actually expand on that. He's tender toward us because He knows that we are dust. Do you remember that you are dust? Or do you think you're something? Or do you remember that your spouse is dust? Your children are dust, <laughs> frail, tender, needing care. God remembers that of us. Our days are like grass. We flower and we look wonderful for a few years, and then the petals begin to fade, and we move on in God's plan to his heavenly glory. Everlasting mercy, verse number 17, the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Again, that's one of these infinite measurements, incalculably distant, immeasurably high, infinitely far. That's the measure of His mercy toward us on those who fear Him. And to children's children, you know that your fear of God now has an effect on your kids and on your grandkids. Oh, it may not guarantee their salvation, but it's going to do something, isn't it? It's definitely going to do something. Yeah, God's mercy will be towards them for the sake of the fathers. He often said that to Israel, didn't he? For the sake of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I'm going to keep my word. Not because you guys, because you're a bunch of rotten scoundrels. You know, you need to repent. But he still had mercy on them. Verse number 19 the Lord has established His throne in the heavens. We can bless God because He rules over everything. There's not a thing outside of His control. No pandemic, no trial, no persecution, no difficulty that comes into your life, no health issue, no sickness, no event, no nothing is outside of the control of the living 
and powerful God. There's 20 reasons, my friend, to bless God. And I trust that you've meditated on those and they have been for your good this morning. We focus at the Lord's table on the matter of sins forgiven, and so we are praising God for his immeasurable forgiveness this morning. Christ has forgiven us through his own death. At the table, we remember his sacrifice. We remember his substitution, his resurrection, our union with him and our unity together with him. The table is not a morbid time of reflecting on how evil we are, though inevitably we will recall that truth is the cause for all of this. It's not the time for confession only. You know, it's, it's not that we come here to make a confessional time out of it, although we will confess our sins. I hope it's not been a month since you last confessed your sins. See, that kind of highlights what this is and what this isn't. This isn't the, the, the confessional booth, so to speak. It's not a time to think only about ourselves either because the table reminds us that we have responsibilities towards our brothers and sisters. 1 Corinthians 11, the whole issue there is that you people are misusing the Lord's table, abusing the church, not discerning the body and drinking and eating judgment to yourself because corporately you're not right before the Lord. So that was the particular sin that Paul was dealing with in Corinth. I believe an application that broadens or generalizes to other sins that are corporate, that individual issues, we remember all of these that the Lord has covered, has expiated for us. Now, it's not the time either to think about the sins of other people. If anything, we need to think about how we should forgive others. That's what forgiveness does. God has forgiven me, therefore I forgive you. Forgiveness is not just saying something, it's doing something. It's really forgiving. The Lord's table also is not merely a time of celebration, whereby we ignore that we were and still are sinners. It is a time of reflection, a time of, as Paul tells us, a time of self-examination. In fact, he commands, you examine yourselves and in that manner so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. The Lord's table is also not a time to believe that by our contrition, our repentance, our guilt, our tears, that we will atone for our sins. This is the table of the Lord who made atonement for us. We don't atone for our own sins table is a time to praise God. It's a time like in Psalm 103 to praise Him. It's true because Christ came to die for sinners. That's why it happens that God forgives and exercises mercy and crowns us with tender mercies and, and loving kindness and benefits us and all of these things. God delights in them because of the work of Christ that freed Him, that work of Christ freed Him to Deal with us not according to our sins. If Christ had not died for your sins, you know how God would have to deal with you? According to your iniquities. And if you have rejected Christ, then God will deal with you in the same way, according to your iniquities. And if you believe in Him, 
you'll have everlasting life. But if you do not believe in him, you will have everlasting condemnation. God is our benevolent king, my friends. He rules over everything. He did something for us in Christ. For that, we ought to thank and praise him. And so I pray that as we spend just a moment of quiet and we prepare for the table elements, that that will be the case. We will praise God. So let's close our Bibles there for the moment. Think about these matters. And we will pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are grateful to you for your kindness, mercy, tender care. Lord, you've shown to all of us and even more broadly to your creation. But we especially recognize it this morning, God, because of what you have done in our lives and especially in Christ. In your name, O God. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Lord, may Fellowship Bible Church bless you with all of our souls, with all of our might, with all of our mental ability and cognition to spend the time to praise you, not only now in this moment, but also in the moments and the days to come. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.